Welcome back, everyone. So I wanted to open episode up with a just a question for you, Kim. Uh, what do you think the five most widely spoken languages in the world are like in order? OK, in order. Yeah, this I have no clue. First of all, I probably should have a clue. So yeah. I'm going to go with like the largest, largest okay. mm-hmm. population, obviously, is China. Okay. So, do so I have like, to be specific with Chinese, no. like Mandarin or something <laughs> like that? I mean, no, not not necessarily. If Mandarin, let's let's stick with Mandarin. Let's okay. go with that. So right. we'll go with Mandarin. Okay. English, because that okay. is like scientific conferences. All those things are supposed to be that in English. Sense. Okay. Um, Spanish. Yep. Ooh, Spanish. Okay. Okay. I figured there's a whole. Like There's a lot of continents in yeah. other countries. Um, you make me feel like I'm not answering this correctly. Um, and English is English, right? Like, so we're not distinguishing no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. American English, English, English from yeah, yeah. England, English, English kind of thing. Right. Um, this is now where I struggle. Mm. French, okay. because they French. speak French in Canada yep. and yep. other and places. Some, some African countries. Yeah, African. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. That's what you think. And let's just go with something like Hindi. Ooh, okay. Because that's um, another large population of people. Large population. And yes. now you're going to correct me and tell me how I am all wrong. So actually, every language that you mentioned was absolutely right. Like you didn't do them in order correctly, but all the languages that you came up with were right. So the first one is English, which okay. Um, I, according sh- I, I, to, I was debating about putting English first. It, it is one of those like I feel like I'm American, so yeah. I feel like everybody's just. But it's but it's actually like a second language for a lot uh-huh. of countries, and so um, there's 1.5 billion people that um, speak. English and then there's Mandarin is number two so you just had them flop and that's (laughs) 1.1 billion people that speak that Hindi is actually number three that makes sense yeah it's a large population of people yeah population of people um (laughs) next is Spanish and there's uh like half a million Nope, 500 million. I'm like half a million. That's not the right number. It's about 500 million people that speak Spanish. And then French is the last one. Yeah, and that's 280 million people that speak French. So you actually did a pretty good job. (laughs) Please don't ask me any more languages than that. That extends my knowledge. Any more languages. Of languages. Yeah, and that's (laughs) <laughs> so so far boy i didn't even think about asl <laughs> that's about i mean but asl is only in america so it's only a smaller is there it's american sign yes language. no dad since There's you said that language. i was thinking about that i, ne- I never is. even thought there was yep and and yeah and the they don't translate yeah properly either and so, oh wow but i would like to meet a a sign language translator that is uh, that that's would, an interesting job that yeah is I've never even job. thought about thought about it right but uh, they've been uh, po- uh they 
sign language interpreter that was on the Super Bowl mm. has been very popular lately. She, yes, yes. She have you seen some of her Instagram videos? Like she, um, there's so I I follow <laughs> like ASL like people. I've I've done that before, and it's only because I'm trying to learn ASL myself. And so um and that's how you can learn different words by mm-hmm. following other people. And so there are a lot of rappers and that do ASL and like just period. They yeah. like rap in ASL. And it's not oh, wow. English speaking people. No, it's ASL speaking people oh, that wow. rap in ASL. There was another lady too that I would really? see on videos. Yeah. That used to sign at like Snoop concerts and other oh, things like yeah, that. Yeah. That lady, she's high. She was yeah, into it, it too. Because you learn that ASL and just sound language in general, you have to show your emotions while you're mm-hmm. doing it, which is very hard for somebody that's new because you're thinking about what it is that you're signing, but it really helps the person understand what it is that you're trying to say. So I don't know how we got here. Um <laughs> So speaking of the Super Bowl, let's jump right in and see who's taking it to a whole nother level. <laughs> Who are we going to celebrate this episode, Erica? So this episode, we're going to talk about Maya Shaka, who is um, the first Black woman to officiate an NFL game. Now, I am the last person that needs to talk about sports at all. So the things that I'm about to say, I 100% looked it up. Um, And so don't ask me any questions about what that means, because I really don't know. So she started off being one of the first, uh, winning the first woman to officiate uh, Virginia High School State Championship. And from there, she moved up to Division I college football for a few years. And I didn't know this, but um, there's no application process to become Mm. an officiant. And so... um, you have to have a recommendation and so you have to get scouted and so she found someone to um to train her on how to become an NFL officiant and so that's how she became the first woman to officiate an NFL game currently she is she was a peak e-teacher but now she has a nonprofit called make meaningful change which advances marginalized communities by supporting families through education so let's give it up for maya shaka for taking it to a whole nother level so erica what do you know about love languages I just recently, not recently, but like, I feel like I was late to the game learning about love languages, but I, once I learned what they were, I found that they were very helpful in navigating like people. What about you? What, how, how? So I learned about love languages at church. Oh, Um, yes. I was. I forget what exactly was going on. I was kind of being drama filled or something like that was going on. And I kept talking to the pastor and telling him how much I love my boyfriend at the time and everything. And he, in the midst of his um, 
counseling of me. Okay. He brought up the five languages and that I needed to read that book. And if I was going to marry this man. We needed to figure out our love languages and everything. Um, That's pretty progressive for. Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> probably that was like maybe 16 years ago. I've been married 15 years, so like at least 16 or 17 years ago (laughs) that um he brought that book out and I read it then I bought it and read Mm -hmm. it and I figured out my love language and all that and then I'm not gonna say that we used it very much okay I was I was about to ask at that time I mean to be like hey make sure I appreciate you using your love language (laughs) So can you, um, so what are the five love languages? Okay, five love languages. So I'm going to list them and then we can kind of give some examples. How about that? So there's words of affirmation, Mm -hmm. acts of service, gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Or what my husband likes to call the freaky love language. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny to me. So yeah, Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Those are the the five love languages. Um, so you're absolutely right. Those are the five love languages. Um, so you say you want to give uh, examples of them. Yeah, just okay. so people know. I mean, I think sure. they're pretty like self-explanatory, but yeah. physical touch is not the freaky love language. <laughs> it does not have to involve intimate yeah touch as in like private parts um (laughs) so words of affirmation um people just prize just verbal connection so you telling them i love you or telling them oh that dinner is great or Mm. just kind of acknowledging verbally the things that you appreciate about appreciate about them okay um, acts of service is kind of still that same thing that you um, are someone who feels loved by people reaching out, lending a hand, helping you to do something kind. Um, just, you know, somebody who sends you, I was going to say send you flowers, but that's a separate, well, no, that's, that's a, different a gift. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> someone who comes over and helps you pick up. Some people hate that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or, or somebody that yeah. just randomly washes the dishes without yeah. you asking. Yeah. Something like that. Something like, just like that. See the problem and they'll, without you asking, they, they take it on. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's a good one. And the next one is gifts. So just like we talked about, yeah, those roses that appear or um, and it doesn't have to be like the, the big thing, like the diamond tennis bracelet right. or any of those things. <laughs> just like, you know, little things that you do. Like I used to uh, drop off not smoothies. What are those things from frappes? McDonald's like for my friend at her job occasionally like those little things that make you feel like hey I thought about you thought that you would like this yeah thoughtful gift and not just a gift and yeah without anything behind it um the next one is quality time Mm -hmm. so time with somebody Mm -hmm. that you they're actually like there present not just like looking at their phone and it doesn't have to always be like um we're 
in each other's face <laughs> talking about deep meaningful things <laughs> just like time together yeah um doing things that you two might enjoy or you three or you yeah, and somebody just... else um might enjoy and then the last one is that physical touch mm-hmm. which could be just like that person that always kind of wants to shake your hand when they yeah. see you or give you a fist bump yeah it could go as far as like a hug mm-hmm. or it can go all the way to other things yeah. if you are inclined <laughs> to have a romantic relationship but it's somebody who like that's what their feedback is is some tactile mm-hmm. feedback um and like just walking by and giving a pat on the back or a tap yeah, on the shoulder or something. or something. Yeah. yeah. Like that. And for some people really like, obviously that's where their love language is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Kim and I both, we, we separately did our, um, we took the five love language uh, quiz is on five love If you're interested, it's pretty short. Um, and so we haven't told each other what we have. And so, um, we can go through them. So Kim, do you want to share yours or you want me to go first? I can go first. So my top love language is actually quality time. Mm, Okay. Um, and then it comes physical touch, acts of service, words of affirmation. And then my last love language is gifts. Oh, what what's the percentage of that one? Oh, does, do you have it or I can't it see the oh. person. It covered it. It covered it up. So let me add up real okay. quick. I want to add it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> they gave me all the other ones. Mm. That's like four percent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Four or five percent. Okay. Very low on, on yes, the that's scale. Low. Yes. Okay. Do you think that that's pretty accurate? I think it is pretty accurate. Accurate. Um, <laughs> can I talk? No. Um, Cause I don't, my kids give me gifts and mm-hmm. I appreciate them for the thought that's behind them mm-hmm. and everything. Not necessarily like, Oh, <laughs> I needed this gift. I needed this, right? But I love it. My kids yeah. are the best, and I love, I love their gifts. Well, um, so it says your top one was quality time. So, um, so feel- what I find interesting about that is, like, I don't know that that was my top one. Mm. Um, if I had done this like years earlier, like. Okay. Um, I was thinking about like when I was answering the questions and how mm-hmm. like my answers as a like young single, yeah, not not mother person may be <laughs> different than what they are now. As in, mm-hmm. like, oh, getting to spend some quality time where we're just sitting there, yeah, doing something or we're out right. doing something is probably better. Um, more meaningful to me than it had been in the past because it is something that's not as plentiful mm-hmm. with two working people and kids and all that. Yeah. Um, and the same thing, like with acts of service, I don't know that, I mean, that was my third one, but um, 
I don't know that that would have been as high before, Mm -hmm. but now if somebody comes over for a party and they clean up after they're done and help me, I'm like, hey, (laughs) you just spoke my love language. (laughs) Oh, you put your dish in the dishwasher. Mm. That is my Mm. love language. I love you, child. (laughs) I love you, husband. Um, (laughs) So I don't know that that was necessarily that before. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then the physical touch. Yeah, I like that. I will hold hands with my husband mm-hmm. if we're somewhere and I like that. Or um, I know so I just like kind of rub his back as I like walk by him or Aww. something like that. Um, so I think the interesting part is making sure you're giving somebody what their love language is and not what yours is. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh let's circle back to that part. Yes, but <laughs> yes, I think, Erica. I think that that's a great point. Tell Mine. me about your language. So, my top one is quality time. So this this works because yeah. we're spending time together. Yes, and we love it. Um, my second is acts of service. Um, third says words of affirmation. Then receiving gifts, and last is physical touch. Now, and then what is your physical touch? Zero percent. <laughs> it's zero. I, it's not that I don't like to be touched. It's just that I don't feel love through touch. Like, why are you touching me? Like, why are you touching me? <laughs> Which is so crazy. Um, Yeah, I, I knew that it was going to be low, but zero percent is hilarious to me. Um, I, if, if you had to choose a way to say, you know, I love you, Erica, don't do it by touching me. Um, even though I do recognize that that is some people's number one physical, um, physical touch is their number one. Um, my sister-in-law, her, her top, um, love language is physical touch. She loves giving hugs and, and, um, and so I kind of go a little bit circling back to what you were saying. Like, yeah. that's her love language. So I'm allowing her to touch me. So yeah. she's my sister-in-law. I love her. Um, but quality time for sure is um, something that I agree. I don't think that I don't think that I would have admitted that quality time was my top as a youth. <laughs> but um <laughs> But thinking back on it, quality time has always been my top love language. Like as a child, even like I've always, I've always wanted people to just kind of hang out with me and like, and, and just spend time with me. And so it is, even though like in my younger days, I probably would have said receiving gifts because I like things, (laughs) but Honestly, like I, I like gifts. Like your, your daughter, she made me um, a, a picture. I love it because she spent time um, to create it, and and she put some thought behind it. And I absolutely love it. Hung it on the wall. Um, and so it's not that I don't like gifts. It's just not one of my top things to do um acts of service same thing um it's my number two 
I agree with you. It's like, do something that I didn't ask you to do. And where I don't have to think about like giving you an assignment and because you get decision mm-hmm. overload yeah. just all day oh, as, a, yeah. as a parent, as a single person, as just an individual, an adult existing in the world. Think for me and do that thing the way that mm-hmm. I want you to do it <laughs> will be superb. But if you just did it, mm-hmm. fantastic. Wash these dishes, like fold a blanket, do mm-hmm. whatever, that, mm-hmm. like small yeah. things like that. Um, go figure really out what's fun. for dinner. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> right. Dinner. So, um, so yeah. So those are my love languages. Um, yeah. So I have a question. I literally just thought of this. Okay. Um, do you think like we talked about how love languages can evolve? Mm-hmm. I said that mine yeah, did. You yeah, didn't I think agree. like thinking back, you didn't think so. Do you think that it would be interesting to see um the pandemic and isolation mm-hmm. could have evolved people's like love language? Whereas like if somebody wasn't a quality time person, that lack of time with mm-hmm. loved ones can then somehow come up on the scale or it just kind of more fosters what your love languages are. Because you think if you're a gift person, the mm-hmm. pandemic could have not changed mm-hmm. how your love language go, but quality time could have changed. Like if you weren't using Zoom or something mm-hmm. like that, physical touch, depending upon who it is, right. could have changed. You could be just getting physical touch from one person. It, I think that, maybe it, exacerbated what your true love language was um because if you if your love language for for example was physical touch and you're now quarantined by yourself and you're just kind of like I need a hug or Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever the thing is and so then you're you're a little bit more aware of what your um your love language Mm -hmm. is that makes um, sense. Or if you're like quality time, um, hey, I need to be around more people. I don't have mm-hmm. these people. You're on Zoom parties all the time because you're like, I need time with mm-hmm. people. Um, yeah. I think it brought that up for me. Now that I look at that, mm-hmm. um, the quality time being number one for me, Um I see how it did exacerbate and how I feel like after um, family comes over. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a pain to get ready for people to come over and all that. But like, I always feel like, oh my gosh, I feel so, I felt so much better now that like Mm. I've spent time with my family or even like the first pandemic Christmas, we were, you know, it was my immediate family and we zoomed with like my extended family who I Mm. normally would have like, Christmas dinner with mm-hmm. it's like a mm-hmm. big thing and that like made me feel better to just oh. see them and talk to them and yeah. um almost feel like they were together but like a couple of weeks ago we had a party for my middle child mm-hmm. and my aunt who have birthdays on the same day oh, and to have like everybody there even like my husband was like oh this is great let's have a party in a couple more weeks 
that mm. things changed and we didn't get to have that, but just like mm-hmm. that feeling, like we kind of get energized when people are over and we're able to spend time and talk and yeah. all those kind of things. But it still has to be like the people you want to be around and you feel comfortable around. It can't just be like any person giving so you all the time. So that's kind of where I was, uh, that was what I was about to ask you because like, I know that you're an introvert as, as well as I, mm-hmm. but our you know, top love language is quality time. But to your point is like, who are you spending? Who, who are you spending this time with? Um, and, but did you, do you feel like having quality time with an abundance of people changes, like how you feel about that quality time? I think it still depends on like who those people are. Like I said, like I have a big family, so I'm used to being around my big family and being with them. Yes. Energizes me. We went to um, a friend's house who was having a party and I knew some of the people, but Mm -hmm. like, yeah, that doesn't energize me because I end up being the person like sitting in the corner and have to like force myself to talk to people. And then I'm like so stressed about saying something weird and awkward or like people look at me. (laughs) (laughs) That is like and, and like it was like a birthday party. So then it's just like my kids are sitting next to me and I'm talking to my like 11 year old (laughs) and all the adults are like talking over there. I'm like, I don't know you guys that well. And And I know her. Yeah, I know her. And my husband is not an introvert. So he's like out there talking to people and he can get energized with like most any people and think of things. And I was saying that like, for me being around like family and things like that is my quality time um, bucket filler, Mm -hmm. love language filler. Whereas like just any old person does not fill my bucket. I agree. Um, My, but I also, I still just don't like groups of people, even if it's groups of people that I know, because there's a lot of input happening Mm -hmm. for me at one time, but that's another podcast episode. Um, Let's circle back to loving people according to their love language. Do you actively look for what that person's love language is or ask them what their love language is so that you can show no according i should and it makes sense and now that we're having this conversation Mm -hmm. probably the people that i like love most Mm. i may look into that um and but i don't like i know what my husband's is so it's easy to just kind of fill that bucket um and i think from like most of your closest loved ones you can kind of figure it out like I I know what my middle child and my youngest child's are at least right now. Yeah. Um be interesting to see how that changes cuz I feel like that kind of changes with my oldest child. Maybe children just in general quality time is just it for them. They might yeah. like gifts and stuff, but um I hear I want you mommy. Do you so you think that children even at their you know, in their youth that they know what, or not that they know, but they have specific love languages. I think that they do. So they Uh have like that family. There's one for like families and things Mm -hmm. like that. But I think kids know how they want to be appreciated Mm -hmm. and 
what makes them feel loved. And they're probably much more aware. They might not be able to articulate it the same way, but Mm -hmm. I think kids are much more aware of like those kind of things than adults can be. Since I've learned about love languages, I've asked more people once I realized that they are going to be in my life, what their love languages are. It's helpful because a lot of times they will love me the way that they like to be loved mm-hmm. and um, things like giving me gifts and stuff like that. And while I am appreciative of gifts, I, it's not the thing that like you can't replace quality time with a gift. Yeah. Um, and so when I see that they're doing this thing or they're loving me the way that they want to be loved, then that's when I ask them what mm-hmm. their love language is. And then that way we can start having that conversation so that they can identify whether or not they take it into account what my love language is, then they'll see, oh, maybe don't just randomly buy her things or whatever. Um And I'm thinking about like a relationship that I have with someone where um, it might benefit. Like, I obviously think I know what their love language is and Mm -hmm. I try to do that. Um, But it might be interesting to talk to that person about Mm -hmm. what are their love languages and what's mine and that kind of thing. Because it's a long-term yeah, this person's not leaving my life. So maybe <laughs> we can be on a better accord if you knew. with that. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'll let yeah. you know. Please, please do. How that um, goes. I I recognize that I even asked my coworkers what their love language is, um, mainly because I don't have like kids and a husband. And so the mm-hmm. people I interact with on a daily basis are my coworkers. And I found that that is helpful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that that love the five love language website has like a coworker mm-hmm. quiz. And while they may not match, I haven't actually taken it or anything and I don't know if it's actually there. but um, but I think asking your coworkers what, oh, look, it has it here it says it still has the same things words of affirmation quality time acts of service tangible gifts physical touch and so um those are still things that you (laughs) there are still things that work in the workplace um in the sense that I can ask I had a co-worker who constantly would tell me um, that I was doing a great job to the mm-hmm. point where it it felt meaningless, even though they may have genuinely meant it every single time they said it. It just it was like, mm-hmm. OK, <laughs> like you if you say it too much, it loses its meaning, yeah. it loses its flavor. And then I realized that I did care about, like, I did need it to hear you're doing a great job, but it was only from specific people in the company. Okay. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't my desk mate, but mm-hmm. it was more of like the product owner or something like that. Whoever was like in charge and they told me that they, that I was doing a good job. It's, 
it was as if they they recognized my work specifically and um and wanted to call me out and Mm so um but otherwise I'm not keen on words of affirmation unless it's in that context for Mm -hmm. a lot of part um again don't touch me at work for what (laughs) or what quality time I don't think that quality time is translates for me at work yeah Um, I don't think that that's the way that I feel appreciated. I think that's a different way of saying it. Like, how do you feel appreciated yes. at work rather than feel loved? Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? What what way do you feel like you're appreciated at work? So that would be interesting because I feel like that would be different. So, and like you said, things coming from different people. So I feel like there's a whole bunch of layers to my job and words of affirmation from patients Mm -hmm. are different than words of affirmation from like colleagues or nurses. Mm -hmm. And probably the, the words would be different. Like what a patient would have as a word of affirmation wouldn't be the same thing as like, the nurse or a colleague or something like that. So that would be interesting. Um, yeah, physical touch, not so much at work. Yeah. Um, um, gifts are a different thing. Like my husband has patients that have made him like mm. things that he has in the house or yeah. um, this lady brings in lemon squares and like peanut butter fudge every time she sees him that he brings home. And she even wrote like a little, like, it was kind of creepy. Um, like, (laughs) no, it was like a little, um, it wasn't a poem or something. It was just some thoughts, I guess, almost right down. Like, about my family though. Mm -hmm. Like, Summer smiles like her mother. Ruby. Okay. Okay. Never met her. Okay. She probably, (laughs) I see what you're saying. Like it was thoughtful, but also, how do you know? Yes, exactly. Ruby, I forget what she said about the, said something about the baby and like. The call is coming from inside the house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, Oh my gosh. Do not talk about that. So total separate episode. Okay. But we okay. watched that show about being frog frogging. No idea what you're talking about. But so we- there's a whole term for that. People who live inside your house. It's oh. called frogging. It's a lifetime yeah, that's show. That's a different episode. Let's, let's whole, talk about that. Yeah. Whole nother level. But any <laughs> whole nother level of creepy. Anyway. Um, so yeah, at work. I think just maybe like not like I said, not physical touch. Words of affirmation are good. The site that I'm looking at, it says Uh that when it says physical touch, they they mean things like high fives and fist bumps and slaps on the back or congratulatory handshake. Um, Don't touch me. I don't want I don't I don't want want that. 
And I have to wash my hands like 50 million times. So if you touch me, I got to wash my hands again. (laughs) They're going to peel. Like, let's not do that. But I will say quality time. So I do try to, um, this is not like hours or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but I try to like walk in and then like talk to my nurse for the day Mm. and say like, how are you doing? How are the kids? How did something go? And like that little banter for a little while, or even like the front office staff go up, say hello, ask them how they're doing, how their weekend. If I saw something on Facebook or something that they did, I'll comment like, Oh, that looked like fun or guys are doing this or that. So I guess to me, that would be more of like a quality time, yeah. like taking that time out to just like single out and yeah. like appreciate them mm-hmm. in that way. So I guess that still is my uh, top. So at work. So it's it's interesting. So as I'm looking through these way, ways of appreciation, it really does. Depends. So like if it's my company trying to appreciate me, I need a tangible gift. Give me that money. Like don't give me a high five. I need, don't give me a gift card. Give me a bonus. That's how my company can, yeah. can, um, can appreciate me or they can give me quality time. They can give me time to time off or something like that, mm-hmm. that right there. As I get older I'm appreciating that time and maybe that's an act of service rather than no no that's still that's that's maybe it's still tangible gift type thing um but when it comes to my leadership I'm maybe it is um words of affirmation saying that I'm doing a great job um acts of service having my co-workers help me out Mm -hmm. Um, of a situation that acts of service, hey, I see that you need some help. Let me help you without making me feel like an idiot for Mm -hmm. like whatever the situation calls Mm -hmm. for. So um, still physical touch is a 0%. Don't (laughs) don't do it. But I can see how the other ones can translate in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was wondering about that acts of service and how that would work. So that was like a good example. So I think like in residency that would work sometimes like we would be we have the clinic and somebody would be running behind and we'd be like, oh, we'll see a patient for so and so. So, you know, when they get out of that room. Yeah. they can be done and we can all be done but right yeah right. If that everybody kind of works together to get yeah to go towards this goal and this yeah goal. yeah so i think that that is where the acts of service will come from so um interesting to see to think yeah. about it like in to a think different about, pers- yeah perspective um when it comes to say work so um so i think this is so interesting i'm gonna let you know that I, sometimes i think my job my office can be dysfunctional. So I am wondering if maybe we could implement some of this. I was thinking about implementing it like with my, we have like pods. So just like my pod, like the nurses I work with and all that, but it might be worth it even for like the leadership, like the doctors or something like that. So interesting. I'll get back to you on whether we do that and how that changes the air of, um, the functionality of my office because there are some people that people 
do not get along with a majority of people do not get along with. So maybe if that person understood other people's appreciative gifts and maybe if we understood her or his um, appreciative gifts, would that change the like the dynamic and the the feeling that we get in the office? So that's interesting. Another thing that I did um, and this is work related that, um, that really helped me was, um, it's called disc training D I S C. Um, and it gives you like, a basically a letter on where mm-hmm. you fall within, um, just the way your working style and things like that. And me going through that training, first off, I went through the training and I was like, anti, nobody likes to go through mandatory training, right? Yeah. So, and it was a two day in-person, like, oh, mandatory. wow. Yeah. Was, on paper, it was terrible. Like, why are we <laughs> doing this? <laughs> but um, after they forced me to like participate and like, it was one of the best trainings because it really helped me to understand my coworkers and and how I work with them in the sense that like, I am very like, um, I need to know what you want first. And then you can tell me, like, we could talk about everything else later. Yeah, sounds good. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, the training is, is helpful and maybe we could do something very similar to this training maybe some type of personality quiz yeah. or something in the future so I think I've taken the quiz but I've never done the training and sometimes having the quiz like the results from the quiz mm-hmm. the, don't necessarily translate into like when the rubber meets the road how do I apply these things or how do and everybody kind of goes around saying oh I'm this I'm this and then you like you don't it know never, how like right. you interact like okay so how does this but, type how interact this with this type anything? yeah that that's what the disc training did it helped it it showed how people who are direct need to work with people who are um I forgot I think it's I I want to say that that are very they want to have a conversation first mm-hmm. and like I do not get along with those people because I'm like, they want to talk first and then tell me what it is that they want. And I want you to tell me what you want and then you can talk to me. Yeah. And so we're we're total opposites. And so it gave us, gave me tools on how to like interact with these people Mm -hmm. so that I can get what it is that I need. Cause it's like, I need to hurry up and find out what it is that you want. And in order to do that, I need to get past this little, this intro part. Yeah. And so it helped, but I don't think a lot of people take the training and like let it absorb within mm-hmm. them and, and just kind of like knowing the way that people love may just be like, oh, I'm a this and like, okay, <laughs> like yeah. you're not actually implementing. So yeah. um, I was, I was once told that training without implementation is just information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So All right. Well, I guess that wraps up this week's episode on love languages. Now it's time for the medical minute where we highlight ways to stay healthy through preventative care and wellness. Send your Instagram at 
WNL underscore podcast. We may spotlight your request on the show. Today's topic is prostate. Do you know what a prostate is, Erica? Do you think you have one? (laughs) I am terrified to answer this question. I don't know what a prostate is. Um, So first of all, you do not have a prostate. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I was very nervous. Because I was about to say, yes, of course, it's next to the phalange. <laughs> if it was next to the phalange, that'd be interesting. <laughs> Since your phalange, saw your fingers. I, I don't know when I learned phalange, but I was like, well, this is my word for the rest of my life, phalange. Okay, sounds good. All right. I so thought the kids umbilicus, but that's cool. Um, so the prostate is a part of the male reproductive system, which includes the penis, prostate, seminal vesicles, and testicles. That's all the male reproductive system, right? And the prostate is located just below the bladder and in front of the rectum. It's the size of a walnut and it surrounds the urethra which is the tube that empties the urine. So let me just say, okay. you have your bladder, which is okay. your holding spot for all your urine until you're ready to pee, right? Okay. Yep. Your bladder empties, if you're a man, uh-huh. into, into your urethra that goes through your penis, right? Mm-hmm. I'm on the okay. same page. So at, after it goes from your bladder to your urethra, the mm-hmm. prostate kind of surrounds the urethra. Yeah, the re- oh, urethra okay. goes through the prostate. Like a tube, got it. Yes, so the urethra is a tube and the prostate is like a little walnut. There's space for the urethra to go through. So, um, okay, so it's just like a walnut, like you just said, and it just goes through it. It's a walnut, yes. Understood, okay, I'm on the same, and I'm in the zip, same zip code at least. And what the prostate does is mm-hmm. produce the fluid that nourishes and transports sperm. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's why it's important. Things that can happen with the prostate, mm-hmm. which now that we've talked about the anatomy, I think can make it a little bit um, why you can understand it is that yeah. your prostate can become enlarged. Uh-huh. So if your prostate mm-hmm becomes enlarged you could see where it can put pressure on the urethra Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so people can people men can get urinary symptoms so they can have trouble starting um, a urine stream Mm -hmm. stopping a urine stream so they might say like they pee and then it dribbles a little bit afterwards or they have or the stream isn't as um, forceful as it had been in the past um or they're going really frequently because they can't really empty their bladder because the flow isn't fast enough. Um, oh. that so it's does, kind that, of going. does that expand over time? Like Yes. So it's okay. something that happens mostly mm-hmm. over time. And you hear that from older males yeah. that they have like um, BPH is what we call benign prostatic hyperplasia, which just means your prostate is enlarging. There's medications mm-hmm. for that, that it, can help um the flow and things like that so prostate cancer is is there's like a tumor or something it's like you got to get rid of that that nut yeah so (laughs) 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 
<laughs> so prostate cancer is, I don't want to say interesting, but I'm going to say that word in that a lot of times it's slow growing. So okay. sometimes you can take this watchful waiting approach that doesn't always happen. Um, so before we get to actual prostate cancer, let's okay. just talk about screening for prostate cancer, oh, okay. which has changed yes. over the course of time. Hmm. So there's two kind of like screening exams we can say so one is the actual exam the digital rectal exam which the easiest way to fill a prostate there's there's no like easy way so that's where you see the person with the snapping of the glove and saying okay well turn around and bend over and you digitally you digit is finger Rectal oh. is rectum. And oh, so you, you stick your finger, finger up your in butt. Your rect- you put your finger up your butt and then you can feel the prostate that nope. way because it's in front of your rectum Mm-mm. and under your bladder. Nope. And so then you can feel, is it smooth? Is it enlarged? Is it, is there a bumpiness to it? All those kind of things. things. No. Um, <laughs> this is wild tech. tech. No, no, man. And we used to have like models, I think like in um, mm. medical school and residency and stuff. So you could feel like what a regular prostate would feel like and what like one with like nodules and things like that. So that doesn't happen as often anymore that we have a blood test called a PSA or prostate specific antigen. And you're saying that the, the, the digital the finger up exam. the butt yes. doesn't happen as regularly. So yes. if somebody used to be their our finger old, in yeah. your butt, then you should be like, what, what? Well, no, if it's your <laughs> neurologist, definitely. Like, if don't it's, you have yeah. upgraded technology because it's <laughs> archaic. Okay. Um, so, and for the most part for like the BPH, like the uh, enlarged, I do it based on symptoms. If somebody saw me, they're getting up several times a night or mm-hmm. they're having trouble with stream and things like that. I'll start them on a medication. Like is me sticking my finger up their butt going to make a difference in that? Not no, no. too much. A little bit yeah. more information. Yeah. Okay. Um, So we have the PSA that specifically is looking for prostate cancer. And so what that is, is a test that you do every year. It's a blood test. You don't have to fast. You don't have to do any of those kind of things for it. You just get that done. And we follow that on an annual basis. And when it started to rise, Mm. then that may be indicative of prostate Mm. cancer. If it's really, really high, then there's a concern for prostate cancer and the specialist who takes care of that is a urologist okay. who deals with the urinary sim- mm. system mm-hmm. and um, can do some things. So then we talked about back to like, if you're diagnosed with prostate cancer, yeah. then there can be a watchful waiting approach. So uh-huh. kind of based on symptoms, based that especially if you're older, that you mm-hmm. may die of another cause before you would die of prostate cancer. Got it. Okay. Um, but in African-American men, it mm-hmm. is more likely to have an aggressive form of prostate cancer and oh. sometimes earlier. So you don't always want to take that watchful waiting approach mm-hmm. with them. Um, but that's something you discuss with your urologist. Once you have like a high PSA, you go to the urologist. I don't continue to like do things like that. Um 
Okay. Okay. But so options, yes, include like um, surgery, Mm-mm. which is like one is a it's called a terp transurethral prostate resection of your prostate. Um, so can they just take? So they just take out? They can take out your prostate. Okay. Problem solved. Yes. But there are side effects to anything, like anything, uh-huh. like, like you loss of erections. Oh. Oh, okay. That's important. <laughs> yes. That is an <laughs> that important, is important like side effect. Yeah. You can't have kids uh, okay. sometimes. Well, most of the time it's older people. So yeah, they're normally done having like, kids. Um yeah. they can do like some vaporization stuff. They can also do so the prostate is like a hormonal gland. So then they can sometimes use hormones. There are also um medications. So there's a lot of things that can be done. Um, for prostate cancer that it should not be should not be the thing that kills you okay okay but the most important thing that you can do is talk to your doctor about any symptoms that you're having that might be mm-hmm. bph symptoms or anything like that or if i mean our podcast is marketed more toward women so if you're noticing those symptoms in your husband mm-hmm. significant other um encouraging them to get seen and then asking them, you know, if you're above a certain age, um, have you had your PSA done? Mm, what's now? I know you're going to ask me that age <laughs> and it is not, I'm going to say it's 45. I will let you know. And it's has been controversial. Like, so it went out of favor for a while. Um, that we weren't really doing it. And then we went back to the recommendation or at least the conversation about that it has to be done like on an annual basis. You can't just do a PSA once and be like, oh, it's good. I'm never going to have prostate cancer. <laughs> I'm great. Um, so I lied. The U.S. Preventive Services Tax Force recommends that men age 55 to 69 years make an individual decision about whether to be screened after a conversation with their clinician about the potential benefits and harms. So 55. Oh, okay. Um, But again, if you're symptomatic, then you need to be talking to your primary care physician, or if you have a urologist, a urologist about your symptoms. This was way more information that I've (laughs) ever known about the prostate. And I'm glad that you shared this with us. Um, And do you have anything else? That is about it for today, unless you want me to talk more about. (laughs) No, ma'am. All right. And that wraps up our episode of A Whole Nother Level. Check us out on Instagram at WNL underscore podcast. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode of A Whole Nother Level, we invite you to join us on Instagram at WNL underscore podcast. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Kim and Erica letting you know that you can always take your life to a whole nother level.